بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمد ونصلي على رسوله الكريم ما بعد وعن قيس بن حازم ابن ابي حازم قال دخلنا على خباب بن الارت رضي الله تعالى عنه نعوده وقد اكتوى سبع كيات فقال ان اصحابنا الذين سلفوا مضوا ولم تنقصهم الدنيا وان اصبنا ما لا نجد موضعا الا التراب ولولا ان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم نهانا ان ندعو بالموت لدعوت به ثم اتيناه مره اخرى وهو يبني حائطا له فقال ان المسلم لا يؤجر في كل شيء ينفقه الا في شيء يجعله في هذا التراب متفق عليه وهذا لفظ روايه البخاري Chapter Imam Nawawi rahimahullah introduced under the heading the prohibition of desiring death making dua for death as a result of of difficulties or hardships which may afflict one in this world however there is levity granted for such a desire or dua if one fears fitna with regards to his deen or his iman or his religion this is a brief chapter We've discussed a few ahadith pertaining to it. The final hadith which Imam Nawawi rahimahullah introduces underneath this heading. The narrator is a tabi'i. Tabi'i is the generation after the Sahaba of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Very famous tabi'i by the name of Qais bin Abi Hazim rahimahullah. His father was a Sahabi. He himself... He was on his way to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam to meet the Nabi of Allah. In order to become a Sahabi, this is a condition that one has to have had some form of interaction or meeting in the state of iman with Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So he had accepted Islam and iman, and he was on his way to meet Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. But before he could meet Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam passed away. So this is why Qais bin Abi Hazim was a tabi'i, that is the generation after Sahaba, who had iman after the Sahaba, after the demise of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He mentions one incident which occurred. He says we entered upon Khabbab bin Arat radiyallahu taala anhu. Khabbab bin Arat is a very very famous Sahabi. and it is important to understand a little bit of history or background of the sahabi in order to properly contextualize the subject matter of this hadith and understand the background behind what occurred khabbab bin arad is considered to be the sixth or seventh person to have accepted islam mujahid rahimahullah says with regards to him awwalu man adhara islamahu رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وابو بكر وخباب وصحيب وبلال وعمار وام عمار he says amongst the first people to have revealed or made known the islam was rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and with him was abu bakr radiyallahu ta'ala anhu khabab radiyallahu ta'ala anhu suhaib radiyallahu ta'ala anhu bilal radiyallahu ta'ala anhu ammar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu and the mother of ammar 
radiyallahu ta'ala anha. These were amongst the early Muslims. Mujahid goes on to explain and he says, فَأَمَّا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ فَمَنَعَهُ اللَّهُ بِعَمِّهِ أَبِي طَالِبِ With regards to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah Ta'ala made it such that some form of protection from the persecution, from the torture of the kuffar and from the anger and retribution, some form of protection was, was given by Abu Talib. He formed some sort of a barrier to protect Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَأَمَّا أَبُو بَكَرْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَىٰ نُفَمَنَعُهُ قَوْمُهُ when he came to Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu, his family formed some form of deterrent or protection for him. However, the others that I have mentioned, Mujahid says, وَأَمَّا الْآخَرُونَ فَأَلْبَسُوهُمْ أَدْرُعَ الْحَدِيدِ ثُمَّ أَصْبَرُوهُمْ فِي الشَّمْسِ فَبَلَغَ مِنْهُمُ الْجُهْدِ مَا شَاءَ اللَّهِ مِنْ حُرِّ الْحَدِيدِ وَالشَّمْسِ it says, as for the others, they were mercilessly persecuted and tortured. And he goes on to describe, he says, metal sheets were placed over their bodies. And then they were made to stand in the sun. And as a result of this, the metal would become extremely hot. And it would cause their bodies to burn in the heat of the sun, the combined heat of the sun of the desert and the sun of the metal. Uh, in other words, the combined heat of the sun of the desert and the metal which automatically in exposure to that sun becomes extremely hot. Khabbab radiallahu ta'ala himself, it's mentioned about him specifically that towards the latter part of his life, Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, to use the term, we may say a battle-hardened individual like Umar. Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu was known as a great warrior of Islam. So it would, take, wouldn't, it would take something great to shake Umar. And when Umar sees the back of Khabbab radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he is absolutely shocked. And he says, مَا رَأَيْتُكَ الْيَوْمُ ظَهْرَ Rajul. He says, I've never seen a back like this. In other words, emaciated, where the skin has been distorted like this. So Khabbab radiallahu ta'ala anhu explained, and he said, لَقَدْ أُوْقِدَتْ nar وَسَجَيْتُ alayha." He said, a fire had been lit and I used to be made to lie bare-backed on this fire. فَمَا أَطْفَعَهَا إِلَّا وَدَكُ ظَهْرِ He says, the only thing that would put out the fire was the, the fat that would melt from my back as a result of which the fire would be put out. To that extent, Khabbab bin Arad radiallahu ta'ala anhu suffered in the way of Islam. He was tortured he was made a target of torture in the initial stages like Bilal radiallahu ta'ala and others. When he passed away, Ali radiallahu ta'ala said with regards to Khabbab radiallahu ta'ala anhu that rahimallahu khabbaban aslama raghiban wa hajara ta'iyan wa asha mujahidan wa batuliya fi jasadihi fi jismihi wa lam yudayyuhullah ajraman ahsana amala. Ali radiallahu ta'ala said with regards to him that may Allah have mercy upon Khabbab. He brought Islam with great raghbat, with great leaning, with great shok. And he strove, he made hijrat, he migrated with total obedience to Allah subhanahu ta'ala. He lived the life of a mujahid with great mujahada and hardship, difficulty. 
and he was tested very greatly with regards to his physical self and Allah will never Allah will never destroy or never cause to fail to come to fruition the reward of the one who beautifies his actions like Khabbab radiallahu ta'ala anhu. 32 ahadith are narrated by Khabbab radiallahu ta'ala anhu of this muttafaq alayh that is in Bukhari and Muslim Sharif. There are three and there are two specifically in Bukhari where he has mentioned it, Imam Muslim has not mentioned and one such a hadith in Muslim Sharif which is not mentioned in Bukhari. So Qais bin Abi Hazim radiallahu ta'ala anhu, tabi'i, he says, I entered upon Khabbab bin Arad radiallahu ta'ala anhu whilst, whilst he was sick in order to visit him. And he says, وَقَدِكْ تَوَى At that time, the body of Khabbab radiallahu ta'ala anhu had been cauterized in seven places. Cauterization was a type of medical treatment that was used in those days where excessive heat was applied to a specific place in the body what we call cauterizing a wound maybe to stop a bleed or something else in that way they used to treat so we find that Khabbab radiallahu ta'ala anhu his body had been cauterized in seven places he was extremely ill at that time Qais bin Abi Hazim says we visited him and at that time he addressed us. And he said, Inna ashabana alladheena salafu madaw walam dunya. He said, verily our companions of the past, referring to the other sahaba of the early stages of Islam. But madaw, those who passed away, passed away before the period of, of, before the period of victories, before the period when Islam spread. And before the period when the wealth of the world poured into Medina Munawara, referring to that group amongst whom were people like Hamza radiallahu ta'ala anhu, etc. The reason I'm mentioning Hamza radiallahu ta'ala's name specifically is because we find that the words of the riwayat which Imam Nawi rahimullah has mentioned is the riwayat of Bukhari Sharif. But however, in the riwayat of Muslim Sharif and Tirmizi Sharif, there is a similar narration with a little more detail where Hamza radiallahu ta'ala is referred to. Nevertheless, Khabbab radiallahu ta'ala says that our companions, referring to the Sahaba of the early days of Islam, who passed away before the period of victory. He said they went away, they left the world. However, lam dunya. The dunya did not cause any loss to them whatsoever. Now what does he mean by that? لَمْ تَنْقُسْهُمُ dunya. That the dunya did not cause any loss to them. What is meant by that is that compared to us, they were in poverty, they sacrificed, and they gave their lives for Islam. We were also in poverty, we also sacrificed. But Allah Ta'ala caused us now to see this period of futuhat, to see this period of victory, to see this period of great wealth. So what does he feel? He feels that now that we have seen comfort, we've seen lazzat, we've seen the wealth and the ease of the luxuries of the world, somehow or the other sahaba used to feel that this will diminish from their reward in the hereafter. أَذْهَبْتُمْ طَيِّبَاتِكُمْ فِي حَيَاتِكُمُ الدُّنْيَا وَاسْتَمْتَعْتُمْ بِهَا 
they are those whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say to them in the hereafter that you already received the return for your good deeds in the dunya. We gave you dunya. So now what do you want in akhirah? Obviously such verses did not refer to the sahaba. But this was the level of the piety and taqwa and iman and fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and consciousness of akhirat of the sahaba of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that they felt that we gave the qurbani, we gave the sacrifice. Now that we are seeing the comfort and luxury of this world, it must not be that we are in that group where Allah tells us on the day of judgment that we gave everything back to you in the dunya. You suffered for deen, but we gave you the recompense in dunya. So there's nothing left for you in akhirat. So Khabbab, because of his extreme piety, this is why he's saying this. He says, إِنَّ أَصْحَابَنَا الَّذِينَ سَلَفُوا مَضَوْ وَلَمْ تَنْقُسْهُمُ الدُّنْيَا Our companions of the past, they passed away. They gave their qurbani. They have gone ahead. And the dunya has in no way diminished from their reward and from their return. وَإِنَّا and we أَصَبْنَا مَا لَا نَجِدُ لَهُ مَوْضِعًا إِلَّا التُرَاب We have received and look at how he describes the dunya. Great wealth they received towards the latter part of their lives. But not like you and I become excited, feel we've made it. Our lives are now successful. Sahaba didn't react like that when dunya came. He says, إِنَّا He says, we have received that for which we can find no other place but the sand. We can find no other place. We have received that for which we can find no other place but the sand. Now what does this mean? This is the literal translation. What is meant? Ulama give two meanings of this. In those days, surplus wealth to protect from thieves, from it being taken away. What, what they used to do is they used to dig a hole and keep the wealth in a hole in the ground. So we, are, we could not find any other place for all this but the sand. In other words, we had to bury our wealth to protect it. From this, ulama ikram extract the masla that to bury one's wealth, as long as it is acquired through halal means, the zakat, etc. has been discharged, is not stolen wealth, you haven't usurped the rights of somebody, then to bury that is permissible in Islam. So this is one meaning that ulama ikram give to this expression. Other meanings, we've run out of time, so inshallah we'll continue. Subhanallah, alhamdulillah.